Welcome back to Game Over Toronto, everybody. Uh, the Leafs just lost uh, in the shootout to Boston. I'm going to preface this stream by saying we just played Boston and it went to shootout. So a couple housekeeping things. We're going to do questions at the end at the press conference. Second of all, if you have kids under 14, they should probably not watch this because there's going to be a lot of swearing from me. Um, to begin with, um, with our whole chest, everybody breathe in. Fuck Boston! Uh, welcome to Game Over. My name is Lauren. On the wonderful other side of the screen is my good friend Armand. <sighs> Armand, sum up that game in like three words. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't think I can hear. They can hear you, Armand. Um, hang on. I don't know why that is. That's problematic. Because I can hear you. Chat. Yeah. Chat, can you hear Armand? Because it says that you're... Talk, Armand? Talking, talking. So you can hear me, but they can't hear you. And I don't know why. Uh... No, you're not muted. We're going to get rid of you and we're going to maybe bring you right back. <laughs> uh, capture, multi-capture. No, that should all be fine. I don't understand why this isn't working. Start talking, Armand. He's very quiet. No, no, nah. No, they can't hear you. Yes, I can hear you. I don't know why that is happening. Hang on one second. Hang on one second. Stand by, everybody. Like this game, we are a work in progress, okay? <laughs> uh, talk, Armand? There we go. I am talking. Be Yay! Wait, You're can live you hear me? and in yeah. sound. Yes, I can okay, see your audio beauty. showing up. So, three words. <laughs> you hate Marshawn. That's right. Yeah, those were my three words. I hate Marshawn. Uh yeah, he's he's a dick. <laughs> That's yeah. it. On the ice, at least on the ice. But yeah, I do not like him. Yes, uh, he was a frustrating player to watch. I'm glad that he did not get the game-winning goal. I will say that. Um, yeah. From the puck drop, he is Marshand through and through. Um, he ends up uh, possibly sidelining Timothy Lilligren. We are going to get to that in the second half of this show and the non-call, even though it happened in the first period uh right off the gate though the leafs actually did make a pretty good chance um right off the off the opening draw they sort of traded chances the first minute which was kind of nice to see yeah um before we get too far into the game can we talk about the fact that the bruins jerseys are um tea stain color <laughs> i actually don't mind them to be honest the bruins jerseys there i i also like that we were able to use the blue jerseys away yes which is nice that's always nice to see but yeah, yeah they're, they're all right. They look like they've been like sat at the bottom of a laundry hamper for, for they, too long after being steeped in tea. That's what they look like. It's they like, are a weird white. Like, like it's not really not white. white. No, that's <laughs> yeah. not white. That's yeah, not it's white. It's not really white. No, yeah. it's like it's like when the NFL. I don't remember which which team it was. I think it was like the Rams or the Chargers. They did like that bone color for their jerseys, and it was like just be white, man. Like I don't. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. But uh, Marshand, yep. Uh, just being an <laughs> asshole right off the right off the gate. Um, Nylander and 
and Jan Croak had a couple of really good chances to start the game. Uh, yeah. William Nylander does actually extend his point streak in this game, which is wonderful. Jan Croak looked very good tonight. Even though he didn't score, he was all over the place. All I over agree. the place. And I think he was actually the only line that wasn't shifted around in that third period because uh, we saw some different forward lines in that third, or I guess in the last minute of the second was when they, they shifted it around and we saw Bertuzzi on the fourth line. Domi kind of got switched up uh, with, uh, or, or Gregor went down to the third line. Yep. Uh, things shifted around, but Yarn Croak, Matthews, Marner was still a thing. And honestly, from like a Matthews Marner perspective, I think this was one of their better games this season. Like yes. they haven't really looked all that dominant to start the season. Obviously, Matthews had those two hat tricks, you know, game one and two. So him withstanding, but Marner hasn't looked all that good to start the season in terms of his uh, ability to kind of just take over. This was one of his better games, I think. I thought he was really good all around, especially on the PK and that overtime too. So yeah, nice he... to see, but Yarn Croak was excellent. Yeah. I agree. Marner was a huge... It was probably one of his best games since the very beginning of the season, honestly. In the first five games tonight is the best he's looked. At least yeah. in my opinion. Like, just the the dominance that he had on the on the PK, he seemed to be reading the ice really well tonight, which was great. Um, the, the Leafs just seemed to be working a little bit... Even though the first period was, you know, a little bit messy and they did get scored on, they didn't look bad. They didn't look great, but they looked better than they did, you know, the other night against the Kings, which was oh yeah, thank they God. They were awful against the Kings. I don't know they if I could have watched. I don't know if I could have watched the whole game if it was a game like at the against the Kings yeah, the other day. Like that was, that was that was brutal. I agree, honestly. Like the first period, aside from the goal, which I thought was absolutely horrible defensive coverage by. Uh, Bertuzzi and, and Klingberg especially but aside from that goal in the last I would say couple minutes it was a fairly even yeah. you know go of it like we had chances back and forth um and you know obviously the Lilligren play happens in the first period as well and we don't like that but um a, like the goal was awful I kind of want to get into the goal because it was dog the shit Zaka goal? yeah yeah Okay, like, go. You you you're ready to go. Here you go. We like what pisses me off is Carlo had so much time and space to pass to a Zaka who was in the slot with so much time and space. We had two defenders doing absolutely nothing. There were I don't four, know what Klingberg there were four was thinking. Within like five feet of him. Like yeah, Klingberg was in net front, but like turned around with his stick pointed towards Samsonov as if Zaka wasn't. <laughs> directly behind him completely uncovered and then like Bertuzzi just doesn't pressure Carlo at all and I understand that they were pretty hemmed in in that play and I think they were all tired which is fair I think Klingberg thought you know Carlo was going to shoot it yeah and he just kind of cheated away from uh from Zaka but it was awful to watch because it's just such a stupid mistake that any team in the NHL, I think, would have scored there. And Boston is probably one of the best teams in the NHL. Again, inexplicably, even though they don't have Bergeron or Krejci anymore. It's... Count them out every year, but they're still 9-0-1 <laughs> to start the fucking first 10 games. It's insane. This but is... yeah, I hated that first goal. You know, it's funny, eh? Like, normally, normally in, like, my regular life, when things really bother me, I get, like, cynical and, like, kind of kind of pissy <laughs> but then, <laughs> when they lose to like when the Leafs lose to Boston now because I've watched the Leafs for so long like unless it's a really bad game like if the Leafs played tonight how they did against the Kings I would be pissed oh, but yeah, I'm just 100%. like 
like, do you want to know my note? Because me and my famous notes. My note for the for the Pavel Zakagul. <clears throat> Klingberg gotta go. That's what I wrote down. With one oh nine to go, Klingberg gotta go. Because at yeah. least once every single game, he makes a poor effort play or lack thereof. And yeah. all of a sudden, it's in the back of our net. Like the other night, it was uh, it was uh, which goal was it? Not the Phil Deneau goal. It it doesn't matter. There was a, a play where Lagesson passed it to Klingberg, and Klingberg yeah. just turns it over, like right on the half boards, gives it to the other team. They score, boom. I think it was like the two nothing goal. Yeah. And then again tonight, it's just the one nothing goal, and. Anybody's standing right there. You're standing yeah. right fucking in front of him and you're doing nothing. He looked it's... exactly like Ryan Reeves. He looked exactly <laughs> like Ryan Reeves the other night where he was just like, it hurt itself in his confusion. It was the yeah. same fucking thing. He doesn't have any defensive awareness, Klingberg. And, you know, it's tough because you can also see the benefits in this game from a guy like Klingberg. I thought he did a really good job on the power play holding the line. Um, also in the first period, he sprung Nylander with an amazing pass where Nylander got like a partial breakaway. Right. There are positives, but man, it's tough, especially because last year we saw a fairly defensively responsible team in the Leafs, you know, like, you know, they had faults and secondary scoring was one of them, which is what we're trying to, you know, kind of, uh, change with this, these roster changes that we had in the off season. Mm -hmm. And that's for, for you know, at least a little bit worked out uh, decently well, but the defensive awareness that we lost and then replacing it with guys like John Klingberg and Ryan Reeves and Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi, who just, that's not their forte. And no. it's, it's shown in the first 10 games. Like the people that we are constantly pointing out, breaking down defensively are those four guys, essentially every game. Yeah. Bertuzzi had a rough go in that first goal. <laughs> I mean, Bertuzzi and uh, Klingberg had a rough go in that first goal. Um, yeah, it was just a really, just a bad defensive lapse by by that uh, the line by there. By another and... number three. <laughs> <laughs> number threes are cursed. Who, who's oh. the, who's the one before Hall? Was it Dion? Was Dion three? Yeah. Dion was three. Yeah. There you go. It's the pylon <laughs> number. And and just to, I'm just gonna counter argue you just for a split second, because there are lots of other players that can make a good pass to William Nylander that leads to a breakaway that aren't such a big defensive liability. <laughs> like yeah. like I e T J Brody. Recently on social media, there has been some existing discourse, I don't know why, of people wanting to trade TJ Brody. And if you are one of those people and you're here in the chat, this is me telling you, you're wrong. Because TJ Brody is far and away our best defenseman now that Jake Muzzin is no longer going to play NHL games. Like, there is no other way about it. And it comes to... All around defenseman, Megan, maybe Morgan Riley has a, an edge because he's a little bit better on the offensive side. But like, there is no leaf that is within even a half a grade of TJ Brody on the defensive end. It's just, it's just different. The closest person is Mark Giordano, the oldest player in the he's league, 40. who is TJ Brody's <laughs> like defensive partner for like the like, better part of a decade. Yeah. Yeah, right? I don't understand that because it's kind of weird because a lot of the discourse surrounding Leafs media and, and fans are, you know, talking about how we need a defenseman. And then for some reason, some of the discourse is like, let's just trade away 
TJ the Brody, our person, most reliable the defenseman. The only person that we can truly pairing. rely on. Yeah, like, it, it's kind of... I understand that he had a tough uh, tough go of it in the playoffs, too. Like, he didn't have the greatest playoffs uh, defensively, but... Uh, but that's like, what happens when you're the only one that's really a defensive defenseman. And, and it's not like we have a small sample size with TJ Brody anymore. No. Like, you know, like, we have a large sample. The small sample size is him being bad. The yeah. large sample size is he's been very reliable. So I don't understand that. I yeah. thought he had a good game today as well, especially given the fact we were down five to five D-men. Yeah. And I also want to shout out William Legison. That is a tough assignment to get those minutes as an AHL call-up. I know the Bruins also had three AHL call-ups as well, and they were excellent too. But yeah. uh, shout out to William Legison. That, that's a tough assignment, and he stood up. I thought he was great. He looked way better tonight than he did the other night. I will give yeah, him that for I sure. Agree. He looked way more comfortable. He seemed to be like more responsible right at the blue line. He was holding the line a little bit better. He was keeping the puck in the zone a little bit better, making better defensive reads. Like I I don't hate that he has come up and, and been so good. Um, we're going to talk. And then before we get any further, like we are going to talk about the Lilligren injury like I said, at the second half of the game, we're just going to basically, as we go past this part of the last minute, the last 40 seconds of the first period, uh, you know, the Leafs defense can be as good as it wants. And we can have a five-year younger TJ Brody. The fact of the matter is, is he can't be the only one that's that responsible defensively. It doesn't yeah. work for him to be the only one because then all you do is you put him and you expect him to survive and live in the shittiest and hardest minutes all the time. There is no one else that can take top pairing like minutes. That's it. And, I love TJ Brody and I really love how hard he played. He played, he had a lot of shots on goal tonight. Like TJ Brody bombed from the point happened yeah, and like, wasn't terrible. It didn't go in, but it was nice to see him like make an effort. He's definitely the last, I want to say like four or five games. He seems to be like just ripping up from the point just to see what happens, which I love. That's something that the Leafs have been missing. Don't get me wrong. It would be really nice to have uh, a next generation Shea Weber come in and just blast like 120 <laughs> mile an hour slap shots. But defensemen yeah. like that don't really exist anymore. But just yeah. the just the idea that you're going to throw it down towards the net and that maybe a rebound pops up is what creates chances in in games. And yeah. in games like tonight, even though they weren't able to capitalize on it, little things like that, like TJ Brody, someone that's very responsible defensively, just throwing the puck on net is a good thing. And yeah, it was definitely a good instinct. He, yes. he sort of fanned on the shot, but yeah. that's something. That's a shot I want him taking nine times out of ten, you know? Yes. Like, it was a good play, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, even though they, they didn't convert. And, you know, speaking on TJ Brody and his importance, when we lose guys like Jake McCabe and Timothy Lilligren in the first period, yes. you know, we're running with four other guys, right? Morgan Riley, not a defensive guy. John Klingberg, not a defensive guy. Giordano, old as hell. And then William Legison, who's, you know, an AHL call. Yeah. TJ Brody took a lot of the defensive minutes here, and he did it well. And it's tough against a team like Boston, who rarely makes mistakes. Yeah, Like, they were so relentless on the forecheck. They were so relentless in the Ozone cycle. They're an incredible team. It, it really... Like nine oh and one is a yeah, hell of a way. They're not oh and one. Like it, it goes without saying. But uh, I thought Brody was was pretty good today as well. Yeah. Like we didn't get the win, and this is not something. And if you're a Boston fan and you're watching this, and you're gonna like, oh, raise a banner for this, preemptively, <laughs> uh, don't. So, um, 
<sighs> I lost my train of thought because I was so busy defending Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Our hatred for Boston blinds us. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I don't know. It'll come back to me at like four o'clock in the morning and then I'll post it in the comments or something silly. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, oh, I remember what I was going to say. See? See how quick that happens? That's because I'm getting old. Um, until tonight, like, Jeremy, no team had scored more than one goal on Jeremy Swayman. Right? Yeah. Like, we're the first team to do that. Again, no, we're not going to raise a banner for it. But the for the Leafs to push back the way that they did, even though maybe they didn't push back the way that some of us kind of want them to in moments where our players get hurt by their pieces of shit, sorry, by their captain, um, you know, it's it's nice to see them fight back a little bit. So uh, let's let's finish this little part talking about the fact that Brad Marchand completely hauled down Timothy Lilligren, uh, left ankle first into the boards, about six feet from Wes McCauley, who waved, shook his hand, said, hey, how's your wife? And then the period ended with no penalty called. Yeah. Um, firstly, we have an update on that. Luke Fox just tweeted. Uh Looks like Timothy Lilligren will miss significant time per Keith. More there assessment is. is needed. There it is. So. Man's got a broken ankle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it looked brutal. And uh, in the first intermission, they were talking about, is it a suspendable worthy play? For, okay. Yes or no. Do you think it's suspend, suspend, uh, suspendable? Um... Do I okay? That's a difficult question because yeah. is it suspendable in this league? No. Do I want it to be? Yes, <laughs> because I I wish I had done this before the stream, but we've already had technical difficulties, so I'm not going to screw with anything else right now. Um, the slow motion video of Brad Marchand sticking his stick between Timothy Lilligren's legs before yep. sweeping out his left ankle, leading his left ankle to go into the boards, uh, with the full force of a you know basically a 200 pound NHLer. Um, going fast too yeah uh will it be a penalty it should it have been a penalty it should have been a penalty yes. that's without should question penalty, that's without yes. question is it suspendable no should it be suspendable i would argue yes is that something we can do anything about no yeah so if it were anyone else other than brad marchand i could see potentially giving them the benefit of the doubt where it's like incidental contact he looked like he was trying to stop that type of thing yeah but that I, was not an like, accident. Marshawn has done so many slew foots in his history, like intentionally. We know this. He's been suspended for them previously. Listen, Brad Does Marchand, he deserve any sort of benefit of the doubt? I don't really think so. That I don't, I don't trust him awful. as far as I can sneeze. I don't trust him as far as I can sneeze. Like, it looked at, awful. At the end of the day, Brad Marchand, and I can't believe I have to say this, is an excellent hockey player. There is almost nothing that he does that is actually a mistake, except maybe getting off yes. the ice with like 0.7 seconds later, leaving leading to a St. Louis Blues goal. Um, but like that, that sick play yeah. is not an accident. It is completely yeah. intentional. If you think it's an accident, watch it again. Watch how yeah. he puts his stick in between his legs. He pulls his left ankle out like a can opener. There's a reason they call it a can opener on the broadcast. Yeah. That's what it is. And yeah. it's not suspendable, even though it should be. Okay, it's not a slew foot. What's the fucking difference? I completely agree with Nick Kiprios. Yeah, Friedman was saying that it there hasn't been a play like that suspended. Yeah, there's no precedent. And there's no precedent that's, for suspension. That's honestly pretty true, because it's it's not necessarily the slew foot, because he didn't really kick out the leg, even though he sort of kicked the leg. But we're getting into, like, kind of, you know, semantics about what a slew foot is. 
in slow motion, it looked like an extremely reckless play going fast along the boards that resulted in a major injury that should never have happened. Which benefited Boston. Let's Which benefited Boston. How it didn't get a penalty. Like the suspension, the suspension stuff, that'll happen in the next He's few days. Maybe he right will get suspended. At it. Oh How my God. did it not get He's a penalty? Looking at at it. best, it's just a trip. Like just a two-minute penalty. Like, and that's at the very most beneficial for Boston because he just took out both of his legs. Like that's just a trip. It doesn't matter intention or not. Like that is a trip. The fact that it was going as fast as it was into the boards, resulting in injury, and it's fucking Brad Marshall. Yeah. Yeah. How is that? And Wes was staring at it three yeah. feet away. Yeah. Three feet away. You look at, like, I was thinking, you know, maybe during the broadcast, like, you know, it happened fast. I don't know if, you know, Wes was looking at the puck to see if it was whatever, icing or some shit, but like maybe he missed it. He was staring at them the yep. entire way. The whole way. The also, whole way. He sees him go down. He looks at Lilligren as he's down, injured. Yeah. And at no and point he thinks like, that's a penalty. What? Me? Also, I'm... really quick shout out to Brian Robinson, a Boston Bruins fan in the chat. Bruins fan here. It definitely should have been a tripping penalty. Thank you, Brian. I think most Bruins fans would agree. I hope you agree. have a great night. Congratulations. Your team beat mine. Thank you, Brian, for being a and, lovely you know, person. Like, it's not even that Wes was like, you know only on Boston's side. There, there was a play where Samsonov didn't have it covered that easily could have been a Boston goal. Yes. And he, they were, there was a quick whistle and yeah. Wes just blew it really quick. Wes is just not that great of a ref. He just really no, isn't. I don't like and how much game management there is. That's not, that's... It's... Uh, even yeah, if it's like, not my team, when he want, when he does when he refs for other teams, I think the same thing. This isn't just Toronto bias. If you're gonna be like, oh, fucking Toronto fans complaining, we'll go cry harder. No, 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 no. Like I watch a lot of hockey that's not the Leafs, and he does this all the time, all yeah, the time. Uh, and I, I, I bet like Boston West. fans would say the same thing about when Boston plays other teams. Like it's not, it's not, it's not a, it's not a singular account. It's not a single accident it's not a, a single occurrence it's not a once-off like it's a normal thing there's a reason that people tweet out the refs beforehand and you'll see more quote tweets being like here we go west mccauley once again and like you would think that as a as a as a professional referee you would like want to have a little bit more pride in your work and like not have this shitty reputation you know what yeah. i mean like yeah like I, I honestly don't know how the league looks at that play and says, yeah, that's okay. Wes made the right call. He didn't. He didn't. I, I think everyone on the ice knew that. I think Keith knew that. I think everyone on the benches knew that. I think everyone in the broadcast knew that. Except yeah. for maybe Jack Edwards. I didn't hear him. But, uh, <laughs> uh, like, you know, I think the broadcast, had, like, it's potentially a suspendable play that didn't even get a penalty call. Yeah. And that's ridiculous. That's absolutely And insanity. it's plays like that that we are with that – us fans that are like reasonable people want out of the game, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I don't, like I don't get me wrong. I love, there's almost nothing I love more than like a really good open ice hit. That's clean. And is just like, it just rocks someone. I, I fucking love it. I really do. But plays like that, that are dangerous plays like, um, like the Mark Shifley on Jake Evans. Okay, that's Justin Happ. Yeah. I don't give a shit about either of those teams. And that's a play that needs to be out of the game. I'm sorry. Like, plays where other people are trying to intentionally hurt the player. Or like, oh, I wasn't trying to hurt him. Okay, you were just trying to take his head off his shoulders. Like, yeah. Yeah, there, there are. One. 
you know, and like again, like I I'm willing to believe that it may not have been malicious enough to be like he was trying to take his feet out or whatever. And we have a comment here uh saying that Lily initiated the contact, which is somewhat true. But with that being said, Brad just takes his feet out. Like he just does. Like that's mm-hmm. not Lily initiating contact and then there being incidental contact from the initiation from Lily. Mm-hmm. Brad, like fully on his own, lifts both of his feet yep. as they're going fast in the boards. I'm willing to believe, hey, he was just fighting for, you know, positioning. That's fine. It's a penalty. Regardless, it doesn't yeah. matter. Intention does not matter. You can trip a guy unintentionally. Yep. That happens all the time. All the time. That's still a penalty. And <laughs> what pisses me off more is, you know, we often talk about how, you know, you can get away with stuff behind the play if it doesn't affect possession. You know, like roughing and shit happens all the time behind mm-hmm. the play as long as it doesn't affect possession. They're fighting for the puck there. Lilligren goes down and he's injured. Brad Marchand takes the puck. That is a play that directly affects possession in the offensive zone for the Bruins and one of the, our defenders are down because of it. How the fuck do you not call that? Where, like, what are you looking at? Like, what did Wes see? Like, I just want to talk to Wes and be like, what did you see? What did you think happened there where you don't call that? Like, even if you think that it wasn't intentional, he tripped him. Yeah. That's just a fact. Yeah. What did you see? I don't understand. I love that we were like, we're going to talk about this in the second half of the game. Nope. <laughs> no, gonna... I like, I, I'm so pissed off about it. And I know. And now we're down another defenseman. Yeah. And we're already down McCabe. We already and have Landis Timmons. up. And, and Connor Timmons. Timmons. Luckily, we have some positive uh, news about Timmons, at least recently. He's back on the ice. Yes. They did say he's a ways away, so yeah. we're not expecting him anytime. Close week, to day but... to day, I believe, was the last report. Yeah, but... um. Luckily, we might have a defenseman back soon, especially one that did so well in the preseason. But yeah, we're down. We're down D-men right now. And um, and that's, that's not that's good. Not... <laughs> it's kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Especially uh, when one of your five remaining professional, regular NHLers is John Klingberg. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, and we, little warm. we came out of this first 10 games, you know, decent five. Uh, what is it? Five, three, two, yeah. um, which is not bad. I mean, it's like. It's higher than a Batman 500, but really it's five wins, five losses. Um, but, you know, like like every year, we kind of start off slow. But it kind of sucks that we're down so many defensemen. That's not a great outlook for the next couple of weeks that, you know, Lilligren's going to miss a lot of time and Jake McCabe's out and Connor Timmons is out. And if I'm so not wrong, of... I'm pretty sure Topin Yemel is out too. Is he? Did he? I think did so. He get injured in a I don't game? know if he was, I think he was injured like a, like, I want to say like last week, maybe. A like, week, are we a week really going to call up Benoit? Like, is that the, is that. Listen, we don't have much of a choice, man. <laughs> like, he was awful in the preseason. Okay, but let's talk Nico about, let's talk it. about the defensive issues later. We got to, we got to get through the rest of this game. We're only at the end <laughs> of the first period, for God's sake. Okay. So, <laughs> oh. Okay, so we'll talk about other Lillier and stuff afterwards because we'll talk to the reaction, the lack of yes. reaction from the team at the second half. Yes. That's how we'll that's how we'll God. fulfill our word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so again, to start the period, the, both teams were trading chances in the first minute, but then DeBrusque gets uh, gets the rebound off of a two on one going the other way, that about a minute and minute forty seconds in, um, and the Leafs, you know, they take a they take a they get a power play right afterwards, but they're down. You know, two nothing, nothing two minutes yeah. into the second, which 
uh, was eerily similar to the Kings game. And I really, I, I'm not going to lie. Like when they, when Jake DeBrus scored in the second, I was like, I thought it was over. I thought it was going to be a blowout. Yeah, me too. After that. Cause, uh, because the, they, it, it's a Boston thing, right? There's yeah. blood in the water, and what do they do? They score again. Uh, the Leafs get a power play right after that uh, with on a Pasternak trip. It was a really bad trip. And the Leafs can't bury it. Gregor whiffs on that ridiculous yeah. loan opportunity. Like, talk about, so high too. talk about <laughs> overthinking. Oh, I know. I mean, that's probably the best shot that he's actually had on, like, a regular season, like, opportunity since the beginning of the season for sure. And you yeah. just overthink it, you overplay it, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, there's a, there there goes the puck for a Boston fan. Um, but then, not long after that, Mitch Marner from Austin Matthews and William Nylander, who now William Nylander on a 10-game point streak to start the season. Ta-da! And the Leafs finally are on the board, 13 minutes to go in the second period. Uh, but, like... In, I don't know if you've I don't know how many how many of the streams that we've been on that we haven't been on that we've watched of each other's but yeah. one of the trends that's been going on with the Leafs recently is that within a, a minute of their goal they will either take a power take a penalty or allow a goal the other way this yep. is the first game where they score a goal within <laughs> like 90 seconds yeah and it was so good Matthews right away from Legison and Yarncroke. So Yarncroke is getting on the board tonight. He, I'm glad he got at least an assist because he played so hard tonight. And both of those guys were so jazzed to score. Like I, yeah. when Matthews scored, I was, you I could see I, it in the celly. Yeah. yeah. It was great. And they put up a stat tonight where Matthews scored six goals in his first two games and then has scored one goal in the last seven. So I'm sure he felt like a little bit relieved, right? Like he yeah. was really hot to start the season. We were like, oh, here we go. Another 50 and 50 season. And then it was like, boo, wilting Daisy for the next five games. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. like that two, the two, one, two, two goal came at like pretty much a perfect time because after that power play, you know, Marner had such a good chance on the power play and he chose to make the extra pass when he probably could have shot it and it would have had a decent chance of going in. And then the pass didn't even work out. It went to Bertuzzi's backhand and he couldn't, he couldn't even get a shot off. Yeah. So, you know, shortly after that, when he decided to shoot and it goes in, that's like a sigh of relief because he's talked about wanting to have a shoot, you know, a shoot more mentality. Yeah. And on that power play, he clearly made the extra pass when it wasn't advised. And so just putting the puck on net and him being rewarded for it, is a breath of fresh air. And then Matthews, that goal was pitch perfect. And That's from what we there, love from our boy. That's what we love from, from there, him. the Leafs, like, held that momentum for the yeah. rest of the period and into the third. Like, there were obviously, it was back and forth. Boston never really gives up. But, yeah, like, the Leafs really played well after that. And you could kind of see the momentum kind of lift for the Leafs and, and them playing and connecting more on the passes, being a little more you know, defensively responsible, more yeah. engaged with every puck battle. So, yeah, that that little 90 seconds when the, you know, when the Leafs are on, they're pretty lethal. And it's just a matter of playing with that same pace that they played in with those 90 seconds for yep. the entire game. And that's what they struggle with. It's what they've struggled with for the last... Several seasons. <laughs> yeah, like, whatever, pretty much since, like, 2016. So, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting... Uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting period, and I really liked that we got you know rewarded for some good play there. I will and, definitely say like the yeah. Leafs won the second period for sure. 
Oh, yeah, I think they so. They won the second period. Not that it's boxing, right? Doesn't matter. But just in terms of, like, the like the power that they put on, the consistency that they're putting on, the effort, you know, like, even though they got scored on to start the period, they really sort of turned around and were like, we should just do something about this. And both, like, Matthews and Marner, when they scored, they were both, like, angry happy. Rah! Yeah, like, yeah. They weren't like, yay! It was like, yeah, it wasn't a yay. It was, no. a, it was a yell. It was a yeah. war cry, which was, is nice. I like that. Yeah. You know, and it's something that we fire. need more of. And that's, yeah. I, we see you in the chat saying, Reeves should have just fought him. Um, I think... And we'll get to this again with when we talk about the Lilligren thing and the re, the lack of reaction from the team um, regarding that unfortunate incident. But the fact of the matter is, is we need more moments of that, like where it's angry, but it's channeled anger. Like it's not just like anger. You're going out and hacking people's legs and causing all these penalties. Uh, <clears throat> Max Domi. Max Domi, but, I know. Um, LA. <laughs> but even still, like it's it's nice to see them like. In reality, do you want the Leafs to go out and punch Brad Martian in the face? Sure. No, but not really because then you're down a man and you take a yeah. penalty and then Boston scores because Boston's really good. I hate that I have to say that, but, you know, here we are. Um, yeah. And But the Leafs instead, like, get payback on the goal sheet, which is I'm positive what Keith told them in the locker room after the first period. Yeah. Right? Like, if you want to make them pay, break this – fucking win streak that they have and they yeah. don't they aren't able to do it they can't you know finish the game out but uh you know they at least put up a fight they put up a fight way more than they have in the last several games and yeah. it was really nice to see and yeah so even though the leafs actually end the second period tied to two they were leading in shots which was nice because again they didn't play very well in the first period um and the third period i actually didn't really take that many notes because it felt kind of stale almost it was yeah, weird um it was sort of back and forth the last five minutes i would say the bruins completely took over and we were just surviving especially yeah. those last two minutes i mean i thought we had a pretty good game in the second period uh at least after the first two minutes where we looked like absolute dog shit <laughs> to come out of the game but yeah. other than that we were pretty solid and then through the third period i would say it's pretty it was pretty even but uh those last two minutes we were holding on for dear life like just completely they had like five chances in that last two minutes that were like so close. And Samsonov, credit to him, credit to the, you know, the the Leafs defensive uh, mindset because they cleared rebounds pretty well, even though they were giving up grade A chances left and right. Yeah, they did a good job of tying up the guys net front where it, they made it at least a little tough. Yeah, the, uh, to you know get contact to on the puck. Yeah, and that prevented them from scoring late in the game and us losing in regulation. And then also in overtime, you know taking the penalty the pk looked excellent there too so it was more just surviving the rest of the game once we got into like, like that late game uh yeah you know just get just get a point time. yeah just get a point try to try your best to kind of like survive and, and find your chances and they managed to do that fairly well credit to samsonov as well on that yeah but yeah sure. the third period was a little back Meh. and forth but not not too uh you know event mad. heavy yeah no. You know, Boston got a power play, Holmberg for interference with, like, just over 10 minutes to go. Samsonov made a ridiculous save on on Pasta. Pasta, yeah. And then Pasternak almost ends the game hitting that post with two minutes and 50 seconds to go left in the game. Like, yep. Samsonov looked so good in the third period. And if he can play, you know, we talk about consistency. If he can play like that more often, 
then great. Great. Yeah. So this because was we don't want a goalie game. controversy. We would yeah. love both of our goalies to be great. And Samsonov yeah. until now has not played super well. Did he let in a couple goals tonight? Sure. But he looked better tonight than he has at any other point this season. He gave us every chance to win that game. Yes. Especially because early on in the second period, when, you know, before we scored that 2-1 goal, it could have been 3 nothing because yep. uh, I, don't, I forget who it was, but someone got essentially a breakaway and he yep. got a blocker on it and it was a tough save. Yep. And if he lets that one in, it would have been a high danger chance that's tough to stop. Yep. And it, it would have, you know, sewered and us. It's so it would deflating. have been down 3 nothing. And then it's so deflating. Maybe he yeah. gets pulled at that point, right? You go 3 nothing. Exactly. And he kept us in it. I have no problems with this, the way Samsonov played. You know, no. at points he was a little squirrely in the net. Uh, he got, like he, Wall, there but. was, there was one, I don't remember where it was in the game, but at one point he like went out to get the puck and it was like 15 feet from his net and it almost like the, yeah, the Bruins almost, almost it buried it. And yep. it was like, it, it, that was the moment where I was like, oh God, like, no, please get back in your net. And luckily the Bruins didn't score, but. Like the at the end of the game, like Sammy kept them. Sammy's the reason they get the point, right? He yeah, can't yeah, score. Yeah, Sam- Samsonov was excellent. He can't score in overtime, and uh, unfortunately, he lets in both you know goals in the shootout. But the shootout was a, a shit show, and you know Samsonov was horrible in the shootout. Yeah. But with that being said, it's the shootout. This isn't. That's not like we always say. It's not really fucking real hockey. You know, yeah. it's just a bunch of breakaways, and it's the shootout. I don't really put much stock into that. I thought Samsonov gave us every chance to win. Yeah. And so. You know, I totally agree. Yeah. What I want to see more of is some secondary scoring from the guys we got to do secondary scoring, because in that third period, the main thing that I noted, Bertuzzi dropped to the fourth line. And that's yeah. not good when you're paying him $5 million. <laughs> so yeah, he has struggled, I think, a little. And that's not to say that he's been horrible i thought with matthews and marner he looked decent you know i didn't think there was a ton of chemistry but the advanced stats showcased that they were getting chances at a pretty good rate and i think he was a part of that he was creating chaos in front of the net yeah this wasn't his best game i thought it was a deserved demotion to the fourth line and i thought gregor was a deserved promotion to the third line sure um you know i think it was a good lineup change to make but i'm a little bit worried about Bertuzzi and Domi. I don't think either of them. Just a little? Good. Yeah. <laughs> a little. Yeah. Like Domi's been off. Like Domi's been not great. Especially not in great. that LA game. Holy shit, man. That was infuriating. He's but, not um, he's not uh he's not giving us a lot of reason to sign him to a long term contract. Yeah, I'm I'll sort of glad that. that we went one year for both of them to kind of you know, at least there's no risk for the next few years in terms of having money tied up in them because it just hasn't been there. And, you know, it's we're at game 10. And it's yep. a new team, new yep. system. And yep. it's probably very different from their previous systems, especially Max Domi, who played on, like, Chicago. And uh, there's no way that they both go, like, the rest of the season without scoring a goal. Like, yeah, exactly. At like, some point, they're going to break through. It's just we would have hoped that they would have gelled and meshed themselves a little bit quicker. And, yeah, and, you know, I, I think part of it may be on how Keith utilizes them. Uh, because I do think they have a different scoring style than the rest of our players, and they're sort of trying to fit, you know, a square peg in a round hole type of thing. Because um, uh, sometimes I watch them, and I'm just like, 
I don't know if it's a systems thing that they're just not getting onto, but they just look like they're not like <laughs> thinking the rest of the way the Leafs are thinking. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the rest of the Leafs are doing something and then they're just doing something completely different that does not fit. And whether it's like them being a step behind or making a pass to no one, it just looks just looks a little off. I'm not going to lie. I forgot that Tyler Bertuzzi was making five and a half million until you said that. I actually, yeah, like, yeah, I have like, cat friendly open. My The only solace I'm finding in this conversation at this point is the fact that we're going to be able to trade both of those guys for $9 million worth of good players at the trade deadline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like honestly, like, we were expecting them to be good. And I, I do still expect them to to find a way to gel and mesh with this team. But they really have not shown me a ton mm-hmm. that I like. And it doesn't seem like they've shown Keith a ton that he's liked, given the fact that they're currently both in the bottom six. Yeah. It's tough because they had every opportunity to kind of take this and run with it. And yeah. I just don't think they've shown it. And um, I'm kind of hoping they get going because it would be nice if we got some secondary scoring and it wasn't just Matthews, Nylander, and Tavares. And now I guess Marner scoring all our goals or Riley as well. Like, you know, we've had five guys get the majority of our points again. And we addressed this in the offseason and it has not paid off at all offensively. And it's paid off even less defensively. Like we look at like, you know, like Kerfoot has like zero points right now for Arizona. But sometimes I look at our bottom six and I'm like, ah, Kerfoot would have been there defensively to stop that. (laughs) You know, at the very least. It sucks when they're not getting points and the fact that they suck defensively, like when, when that's not going as well, it's just, it's rough. But I do have faith that they'll figure it out. I uh, There's a lot of people asking if we think that any of the players that Tre Living brought in uh, will turn around. Um, uh, before we get to that, so yeah, the Leafs lose in the shootout. Charlie Coyle, a.k.a. Ross Boston, buries the second goal. Leafs don't score on the first two, so... We lose, um, and now the the Bruins are nine zero and well. Congratulations, Bruins! Uh, thank you for being here. I guess hit like and subscribe, but also I really hate your team. So, you know, yeah, I can only yeah. be as nice as possible. Um, so yeah, uh, let's talk about uh, that. Like, I don't, I don't know, I I don't know what I thought it was going to be like coming into the season. I thought that there would be more offensive uptick to Tyler Bertuzzi at this point into the season like we're only 10 games in yeah but now you're 10 games in and you haven't scored a goal yet which isn't great uh same thing with max domi like again we kind of knew he was a bit of a defensive liability i thought he was a bit more i thought he was a bit better defensively but maybe that's just because when i was watching him last year on dallas he was on dallas and that is a very good defensive team so maybe it's kind of like washed over a little bit and you don't notice as much um i mean it would be a heck of a thing for for uh for tree to bring in those players and then like trade them after less than 3 months has that happened before or, i like... doubt they're getting traded that would be tough to do it'd be interesting but i don't think that's happened before yeah at least with guys of that it's un- it's just, it is unfortunate because like i i was hoping to some degree that there would be more offensive upswing in those yeah. new players than there was not even on like the well i'm not even talking on the defensive side of the puck like just offensively i was hoping that they would capitalize a little bit more and maybe have a little yeah. bit better of a shot um i there's something weird about the way bertuzzi plays um 
he really likes to get into the zone and then just stop and make a pass. He doesn't like continue to try to keep his feet moving, which is something that the Leafs seem to, they seem to do better. Yes. The Leafs seem to do better um, when they're playing a style that's more reactionary and they're, and they're less trying to like make sure they make the passes that are on the whiteboard with the X's and O's. Like they seem to work really well off the rush and sort of being, improvisational I guess like they're good at kind of making it up the, it up as a go because they do have that skill level it just looks like Tyler Bertuzzi isn't he has like some really good fundamentals but the skill part is missing and it just seems like there's a huge disconnect between Matthews and Marner and Tyler Bertuzzi yeah, yeah. You know what I, I mean? mean I agree like there, there's something that I think Bertuzzi lacks in terms of his play driving ability in terms of creating a shot yeah I think he works better when he's that front just chaotic in front of the net and trying to find rebounds. Mm-hmm. But even then, I, I don't know what it is about him, but there there is something that just looks a little off. And it's tough because, you know, I don't think anyone was really expecting defensive output from any of these guys, including Klingberg. You look at their, like, J-Fresh cards, and in terms of the defense, even strength defense, they're all, like, below 5% yeah. in terms of, uh, you know, NHL, uh, where they are in that in that category, but they all have good offensive metrics prior to the season. Yeah, Everyone was expecting scoring. secondary scoring would increase yeah. with the fact that we got guys who are good at scoring. Yeah. It makes sense. They have a bit of snot. They had a bit of like sandpaper to them and they're good at scoring. Those are things that we lacked. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to blame Brad tree living for going out and getting those guys because a lot of people were asking for those guys. I think a lot of people within the team, we're asking for those guys. I think Keith was asking for those guys. Yeah. The fact that we have not utilized them correctly or the fact that they have not fit in the system is not good. No. Because we're not getting anything out of them. No. You know, like they really haven't been positives offensively all too much, although they have their moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a flash in the sh- pan. Defensively, you know, yeah, it's a flash in the pan and it's just not consistent. We, we're not seeing them shift in, shift out making plays offensively to, you know, get secondary scoring chances. Yeah. You know, I've seen Gregor, who was on a PTO, make better offensive plays than the guys yeah. making 5.5 million. Yep. And, you know, I think, uh, I don't know what Domi's making. Is it three or four? One of them. But nonetheless, decent money. I'll tell you, you know, because I have Cap Friendly open. Max Domi currently signed $3 million. Yeah, three million. And, you know, they're on one-year deals. But, like, Gregor uses his speed does something that a lot of Leafs can't do which is you know generate chances on the rush he had a couple great plays today offensively that generated chances he doesn't have the finishing talent that Bertuzzi or the playmaking talent that that Domi has yeah he's utilizing his assets and what he does well well whereas those two guys I feel aren't really doing what they do well well right now you know yeah what we've seen as their strength went with Domi it's his you know, crafty playmaking ability, especially below the net. His passes are just not hitting leaf sticks. Mm-hmm. He's turning the puck over consistently. And maybe that's a maybe that's a systems plays. thing. Maybe that's because it could be he does. It could also yeah. be the fact that he has not consistent line weight, so he doesn't know what to expect. Yeah, we, it definitely could be a systems thing, and it also could be the fact that his centerman is David Camp. Like, it's not exactly the offensive. Like, we we don't really have a good mesh there with them. You know, yeah. our, our bottom six is sort of a, a mishmash of like. 
what Nye. is this identity? You know, <laughs> like why is Camp centering yeah. Nyes and 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 Domi? What well, does Camp and... provide there? Like he provides the defensive play there, but right. then like it's sort of just band aids, you know? Yeah, band aids on bullet holes. Yeah, right. Exactly, like, and that's. Uh, and that's my whole thing because we do need to get to the next topic because we've been talking about the other players for a while now. Yeah. Um, the last thing I want to say on this is the fact that uh, the reason that David Camp was re-signed last year over the summer for the contract that he was, which is a very good contract, is because that player does best when it is a defensive shutdown line. Do you remember yeah. the line that he was on last year that was like the defensive shutdown line? It was like him, Kerfoot, Zach and Lafferty Aston. or Zach Aston-Reese yeah. or um, Callie Yarncroak at times, right? Yeah. Like, And that they're all very good defensively. So it yeah. worked as a, as a shutdown line, an unofficial shutdown line. Yeah. But when you put him with playmakers, like it doesn't work because that's not David Camp's purpose. So, like, yeah. of course it's not going to work because yeah. you can't – You listen – you can't put it's like it's like the whole thing of okay so tomato is a f- fruit but does it belong in fruit salad no like yeah. david camp is a forward but does he belong in the top 6 no he's better yeah. as a defensive shutdown player and yeah. they, he's just not being utilized like that and that is a coaching thing but it's also there's not there's no longer it's also a personnel issue like that's what i was gonna say you don't have the personnel to now run a shutdown line which is unfortunate because we've seen camp gregor and 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 reeves and it's not that great a line no i can tell you that much they got shelled every game you know and reeves is a guy who like where do you play him he gets like six minutes a night where do you play him well and so what is he there for right that's a good that's a good leeway into the next thing because obviously we see you in the chat saying wish reeves would have fought someone or we don't wish reeves would have fought someone i'd the whole thing with what happened with the liliagrin thing also before we go any further please make sure you hit like and subscribe um and make sure you get your questions into the chat because we're going to be doing the presser right after we finish this topic so if you have any questions i know there were a couple in the chat earlier please get them in the chat because we would love to answer them um the whole thing with uh, Marshan taking Lilligren into the boards and there not being any reaction from any of the least players. I don't, to just to be clear here, I don't want Ryan Reeves to like throw himself over the board and just oh, no. like flying Superman Giordano crush Brad Marshan into the boards. Because that doesn't do anything. That serves no purpose. But it yeah. would be really nice if someone went over there after the whistle was blown and like shoved brad marshand don't hit him but like shove him cross check him you can do that after the whistle the bruins do it all the fucking time (laughs) like show some level of give a fuck yeah the give a fuckedness scale tonight was like a zero there was nothing that was done i mean sure the leafs you know you could argue okay the leafs get two goals okay but there was no like there was no i don't even want to use retaliation there was no pushback there was like, no pushback at all. No. And the, what pisses me off more about it is like, you know, maybe in the in the moments that Lilligren goes down, they didn't see whatever, blah, blah, blah. Marshawn stayed after the whistle and there was another shift where he started. Yep. You know? Yep. It's at and that And was point, given a clear shot at the net. A clear yeah, fucking at, shot. It's at that point where I want to see a Leaf step up. And you heard Reeves, you know, John at him on the bench. Honestly... I understand why Keith didn't put out Reeves. You don't want Reeves being the guy out against a Marshawn shift. He would get fucking eaten alive unless mm-hmm. he immediately fights. Is Reeves going to fight Marshawn? He's like 
way smaller than him. I can see why that's not what happened. Yeah. With that being said, what is the point? Why do we have tough guys on this team? Why did we bring in Snot if they're not going to play against... Or if they're not going to rub off on the other team. they're not going to retaliate, you know? Like, what's what's the point? Why do we have Reeves here? And he fought the first two games. We know he does it, obviously. But that sort of died out. And he's just been shelled day in, day out. And that whole ideology of, like, you know, he's going to protect the guys, you know, whatever, like, build momentum by fighting. He needs to fight to do that. That, like, that is his value. If he's not fighting, if he's not making big hits, he is a detriment to this team. Like, full on. Yeah. And to your point, you know, like, like, I do think it is his job to fight. You're right. I also think part of the reason that you allegedly, and this is not only reported from a one small group of people, it is very well known that Ryan Reeves was kind of brought into the Leafs locker room so that he could bring other guys into the fray and maybe... Yeah you know, grind a little bit of, like, wood into a little pile so that a spark can be put and maybe a flame can happen. Because you, if you if you have one person always being the person that goes off and goes after people, then they become a Michael Bunting, who we love and we have now lost. But they become the focal point for the refs and can do nothing but breathe without getting called for a penalty. Yep. And you would hope that, you know... Not that I want to be like a team like Boston or Tampa, but there are sh- I wouldn't mind being a shade of what they do where like yeah. if you go and like make someone fall into the boards in Tampa, five players will be in your face like upset, mad, yeah. not hitting, not causing penalties, not taking stupid penalties, but like g- like yapping back and like getting in their face and saying, what the fuck was that? You just tried to kill my guy. There was yeah. nothing there were he was allowed to get up back onto the ice. He was allowed to be alone in like right by the face off dot. He got a clear shot on that, which was very, very nearly a goal. If Sammy doesn't make that read like it, it's frustrating because I don't expect Ryan Reeves to fight every person's fight on the Leafs. What I was hoping for was that Reeves would say, hey, guys, like, you know you're, like, six-foot-tall, like, NHL hockey players, right? You're allowed to, like, go and retaliate and push back if someone pushes you down. And I do want to say, Matthew brought it up. Thank you for reminding me. Um, uh, Klingberg did at one point in the third actually trip and push Marchand into the boards after the injury. And Marchand didn't get hurt, but it was – Marshand or not Marshand, um, Klingberg was the only player to like lay a hit on Marshand after that happened. But which, the thing is, like, that wasn't. I don't even think that was related to that. I think that was just no. I think it was coincidental. It was Klingberg just a happy accident. Versus, yeah, I agree. And you know what pisses me off more about all of this is, after the first period ended, you would want them to come out in the second period and just be looking for blood, essentially. Just not necessarily looking for blood, like even just physically, just being out there physically engaged, you know, throwing hits. And they looked so bad coming into the, coming out of, into the second period. Yeah. Like those first two, three minutes of the second period were all Boston. Yeah. We had zero pace. Yep. We were doing fucking nothing. Yep. Credit and credit after a hit Boston like that, knowing like Liljegren, I guarantee that everyone in that room knew Liljegren was not coming back. He couldn't even put weight on his foot to get out. Yep. And we look like that. Like what where is that sense of urgency yeah. after a play like that? 
Well, you know, I you had time to think about it. You had time for your coach and your entire team to kind of rile you up. And, and it's just like mentally this team feels weak right now. Yeah. You know, especially after something like that. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. And it's I don't know what the solution is because, listen, everybody everybody that's saying, oh, we need to fire Keith. It's a it's a coaching problem. No, nah, man, this was a problem when Babs was here. This was a problem There's before a problem Babs was here. Ages. Yeah. It's been a problem for a long time. I don't know. I don't know if it's a Shanahan problem. I don't know what the problem. Maybe they're all upset because Rogers and Bell own the company. Maybe that's what the real <laughs> solution is. Like, I don't know what the magic answer is, but the fact of the matter is, is it's been a problem long before, and it will be a problem long after Keefe, yep. unless they I do agree. something drastic. So, and I don't know what that is. Maybe if you have the answer, please tell me so that we can email it to Tree Living. That would be great. I feel like we've we've tried to do a lot yeah. as an organization to bring in guys like you know joe thornton's and the leadership guys and then on top, on top of that the great guys like felino yeah you know reeves simmons and just every year the same problems keep kind of showing up yeah. uh physically for this team in terms of their pushback it's yeah. not it's deflating not good yeah let's get to some questions from the chat Corey mcwilliam that is a heck of a name Corey. i like your name <laughs> i have a very similar last name so excellent name if calgary ends up blowing stuff up what do you think it would take to get hannah finner's adorov uh well can i interest you in a lightly used tyler bertuzzi <laughs> <laughs> and finn would be a great get i think i really like him as a can we afford him uh good question true living true living like has experience with both of them obviously given that he was on calgary mm-hmm. um i would be worried about making a brash move especially taking out a forward uh for a defenseman at this point in time just given or lack of secondary scoring, but that also is isn't. <laughs> I want to see him. I hey. want to see him. He's been good. Um, I would like to see him sometime in the NHL. But um, yeah, Tyler Bertuzzi, like hopefully he figures it out. I'm I'm hoping that we don't have to come to that because that just means that Tyler Bertuzzi never really figured it out. Uh, I, I like Noah Hannafin. I like Nik- uh, Zadora, but uh, I was about to say Nikita Zaitsev. <laughs> And I Please do not no. like Zaitsev. <laughs> I'm good. But I like yeah. Zadorov. He's a big body. He obviously hits like a truck. There are some mm-hmm. defensive, uh, I think, concerns with me uh, with regards to Zadorov. But, you know, it's possible. Tree Living definitely has connections with them. And Calgary looks like complete ass. They so. were players there for a long time for a reason, right? And so I yeah. imagine that Tree will have some kind of interest. Excellent. But it sort, of, it sort of worries me looking at Calgary now because Tree Living kind of just fucked that. that team up and then dipped <laughs> like it is bad he did like the homer simpson sinking into the sinkhole yeah. from the simpsons movie yeah uh, i really hope he doesn't do that with the Leafs. yeah might be a little late for that that might be <laughs> foreshadowing for the end of the season folks uh cory that was a great question uh abby as a bruins fan if you didn't want me here totally understand abby you can be here as long as you're nice to us uh my question is do you think this team has any emotion or do you think keith has lost the room uh i think this team has emotion when it's convenient for them um yeah i think that when they feel like it there's effort um do i think Keith has lost the room i don't know i don't think Keith has lost the room i think that i think that i don't think he's lost the room because they're listening to him if they if he had lost yeah, the I mean, room, they, they, they would... played well after, yeah, and they do after have these bounce like back moments. Shit, yes. yeah, they have bounce back moments. I don't think he's lost the room. 
personally. No. Um, at least from a from a hockey Fan playing perspective. perspective, you know. Um, they looked like they bounced back after a pretty bad start to the second period. I think they controlled most of the play after that. For me, the emotion issue comes into the fact that like when we're doing well, this team shows a lot of emotion. Yeah. And they really stick up for each other when things are going right. You know? Yep. Um when things start getting going tough. a little wrong, you get, you know, scored on, you're not scoring, you know, they're getting goal leads. You know, Swayman was excellent today. He shut the door like 10 times on John Tavares in close. Like if we didn't score, I could see this team just folding in terms of their effort because that's sort of what it looked like in the at the end of the first period and uh, into the start of the second. It's that lack of emotion in those points where you see someone get angry, show some, some show some show some fight, like yeah. actually like physically getting engaged that I think this team sort of lacks. With that being said, um, I don't think Keith is necessarily in issue when it comes to motivation within the room i don't think yeah that's very cleverly worded i don't think okay yeah i don't think keep keep is the problem in the room but do i think that there are decisions being made in terms of um how players are put on the ice and how they're used and the decisions when it comes to blending the lines and hitting puree every night on the blender on your vitamixer that's a problem. Yeah. Do Keith, I... Keith has his issues. Keith has yes. his issues. That's for sure. And uh, I was texting. I have like a group chat with some friends of mine and some of my family because we're all very rabid Leaf fans. Um, there are people that are like, well, Keith has a winning record. Sure. I am pretty convinced, at least to some degree, that you could put a monkey with a bucket of pucks behind the bench and the team will still almost guaranteed make it into the playoffs yeah i mean there's too much skill on this team to not have a winning record i think they they don't even like if you put a team out that like didn't even have a system and it was just these players i feel like they can win quite a few games just by turning the skill on and you know doing what they did today two goals really quick you know absolutely you just need to kind of have those moments keith has his issues i i think he's a good coach i'm not going to say he's a bad coach because i do think i liked him on the marley's and I liked him, especially for his first half season. In the playoffs, he's been outcoached a decent, uh, a decent amount. Of, more often than not. More often than not. But he's also a young coach. But now he's not really a young coach anymore. No. But um, it's times where, you know, we kind of see, you know, when the line blender comes out. And uh, it, it still feels like he hasn't figured out the lines yet. I, and, don't, I don't think Keith is a bad coach. But there is a, it started as a very small but growing feeling in my soul that even though Keith might be a good coach, he might not be the best one for this team at this point of where they are. But it's are. tough to say what is available. Like, and like, if, and if that's the conversation what I was say. gets to that, right? Yes. Like, because if he is, goes, then you know? okay, who's the replacement? Like, uh, anyway, let's. Yeah, let's not fall into that rabbit hole. Uh, uh, we do have a uh, a comment from Brian Robinson, the, the Bruins fan here. Ooh. Do you think the next few games are must-wins for the Leafs to get back on track? Yes. Yeah? Yes. I think it's still a little early to, I th- to be calling for must-win games, but uh, they do sort of need to figure it out. I think they've gone on a bit of a skid of poor play. You know, we're, we were talking about their record. It's 5-3-2. and two. I don't think they've 
played better than that, you know? I have a very good reason why I think that the next three games are must-wins. Go for it. Every single one of the next three games is an Atlantic Division matchup. Saturday is Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Monday is Tampa. And then, what is that, Wednesday is Ottawa. So, uh, All teams looking for playoffs, too. Yep, absolutely. And Buffalo is uh, awful good this year. Uh, so is Detroit. They're nothing to screw around with anymore. They are no longer the laughing stock by any means. If anything, I, I don't think say, there's a weak team in the Atlantic at all. Like even Montreal's been good. Yeah, man, and like it's been a wild. And I think if the Leafs drop games to three, four division rivals in a row, uh, that's a big problem. That's a big problem because Buffalo, even though they're this up and coming and young, fun and full of dumb team uh they're pretty good and you better in previous years the leafs play down to buffalo because they don't think they're very good and the leafs end up getting dominated by a team that on paper they should beat um tampa on monday you know the games with tampa are always an adventure i will actually be on that stream with a special guest uh that's an important game because that's tampa and that's even though it's only november there is a pretty decent chance even now that they're gonna see you in the playoffs and then you have ottawa who's gonna be you know going through a bad week and a a tumultuous start to their season and you need to go in there this isn't this isn't like a must win but this is an opportunity to stop the bleeding yeah Right, you stop the bleeding yeah. by going and beating three teams in the Atlantic, and all of a sudden, well, now you're now you're what eight two and two. Yeah, right. That's not that's not nearly the disaster that it would be is if they end up being five mm-hmm. five and yeah. two. Yeah, hmm. and I think also we're going into like you know we've historically at least over the past three four seasons had bad Octobers and then really really good Novembers. They were what, like 11, 1, and 2 last November. Yeah. So this is a chance to kind of continue that trend because we didn't have that great of an October. But, uh, you know, I think in past years, we had the same moment where it's like, okay, we had a shitty October. We need to kind of turn it up. And they do. So I I think there is definitely some pressure in terms of this team to kind of figure it out quickly because also we're at game 10 of 82. It's not necessarily that far into the season, but it's not not a small amount of sample size now like we're, we're an eighth of the way through yeah you know so it's time we start kind of figuring it out especially when you see teams that we are competing against you who know when we're so talking connected. about cup contenders who are yeah connected game one like yep. like the bruins like vegas like colorado like, like detroit Dallas, like detroit even like you know we're seeing teams that are connecting immediately and you know especially the guys that we're looking at as cup contenders mm-hmm. and we're not at that stage yet not and if we want to consider us cup contenders, we need to play way better as a team because there are still major lapses within our systems, within our defensive structure, within our offensive passing, you know, that just aren't really acceptable for a cup contending team. Um, yeah. And it's it's time we kind of figured that out, you yeah. know. Because time it's is tough. running out. Yep. Uh, Matthew, SCPN, who starts on Saturday? Uh, it seems like they're going back and forth, so I would say maybe Joseph Wool. I think Joseph Wool. I think Joseph Wool. I think Joseph Wool because he's a year younger. I think that, I think that it's a different challenge. I think 
I think Buffalo this year. Actually, I haven't watched any Buffalo games so far this season. Sorry, Buffalo fans. Um, I've watched some highlights, though, and I know that they are very opportunistic, which is something that Joseph has been very good with defending against. So I would guess Joseph Wall. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think it's Joseph Wall. I think they'll kind of go back and forth. Yeah. Um, hopefully, Wall has a better showing than he did, he did against LA, although I don't think it was necessarily his fault. Only one of those goals um, was his fault. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm not too worried about Wall. I think he showcased he's worth the start in pretty much any game. Uh, I think Samsonov. The one thing I would say is I I want to capitalize on Samsonov playing well. You know, yeah. I don't want him to kind of lose that funk. I thought he was very solid against a tough team today. Best he he's looked all season. Definitely the best he's looked all season. Yep. But uh, I do think Joseph Wall will get the start Saturday, and I I'm agree. excited for that game because Buffalo looks fun. Yeah. And so with that, we should probably end this because we've gone a little bit long. You and I always end up having long streams because we're so good at talking to each other for ages. Um, if you have watched this whole time, thank you for being here with us on this Thursday night. I hope you had a good time. I always love streaming with you, Armand. It's always so good to see you, buddy. Um, it it's so good. So make sure you follow both of us on Twitter. You can find me. I am at Lauren in the Six. I just pulled my poppy off my shirt like a genius. Uh, you can find Armand, Armand Pantheke, I think, at, yep. uh, on Twitter. Armand Pantheke, yep. Yep. On and uh, make sure if you, I mean, if you're here, then you obviously follow SDPN. Um, I believe Steve Dangle is going to be doing a watch along on Saturday. Ooh. Uh, on Sports Interaction. So make sure you go to Twitter. Sorry. <laughs> x and check that out um i will be back on monday i'm not sure who, are you streaming this saturday yeah i'll be here saturday i think with harnish excellent okay and then i will be back on monday with a very special guest uh you can go to the last episode for the easter egg of who that is going to be and so if again if you have watched thank you for being here with us in our living rooms uh, i have loved appearing here with you arman so good to see you buddy Leafs lose 3-2 to Boston. It's the shootout. It doesn't matter. Right. (laughs) On to the next, everybody. See you Saturday. Game!